thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the legend himself. He's the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the superstar, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi there, Damo. Superstar. Superstar. There's always a word, MP. It just always throws me, but thank and you I'm so Captain much. Adjective, Captain it's Adjective. Lovely, it's lovely to be with you again. It's great to just, be with you again. The, uh, the feedback demo has been sensational from these two stress-related podcasts. So we're going in for a third innings right. and um, very excited because there was so much that we actually didn't get through in those first two. I was hanging to do some more. So um, I thought, if, with your permission, because we are grilling you on, uh, on this series of podcasts, we didn't get to touch on the emotional stressors. We covered off in great detail chemical and physical stressors but in terms of the emotional stressors again i think there would be some sneaky ones that we've almost like accepted as part of daily life that we haven't quite given due um, consideration to but do you want to give a run through of what the um emotional stressors are that don't allow us to experience great health yeah absolutely there's a number i suppose of really significant ones and most people will have experienced this before you know there's financial stress which is enormous there's relationship stress which is huge There's job stress, which is absolutely massive. Employment stress, because some people aren't employed, so they've got unemployment stress. Um, So that's that's a massive thing. Um, A lot of the other emotional stressors um, are, are all based on perception. Of you know obvious stress again, so but even like physical stress, um, which which and this is that vicious cycle. It's not really vicious, but it is the cycle that if someone's you know fat and overweight and then they've got diabetes, then they're going to be concerned. They're going to have emotional stress that Maybe, might be impacting yeah. their finances, their relationships, their ability to do their work, um, and all of a sudden every every piece of the puzzle or every stressor is um, is brought into the equation. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it is interesting because if you have got a physical stress, you will secrete hormones uh, into your bloodstream that eventually essentially form a chemical stress um, and the pain that's associated with the physical stress can cause an emotional stress. That's exactly right. Because all uh, of those stresses, as you're saying, them are related. Like if you've got financial stress, that can affect your relationship and cause stress. It can obviously affect your career. Yes. Um, And at the end result, it can affect your physical stress because when you were talking about in in part one of this series you're talking about anxiety well that's a dump of cortisol okay so if you're anxious about your money um you've got a dump of cortisol if you're not if you're then not sleeping because of that financial stress you've got a lack of uh melatonin yes and then if that becomes a chronic financial stress and someone goes into the depths of depression then they've got a lack of serotonin so there's a whole massive link between what we might call lifestyle stresses and then what's literally happening inside our body, that physical stress. That's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, you're spot on, mate. That's exactly where it all goes. And and so many people don't know where they are on this whole stress spectrum, do they? So they go, oh my gosh, I'm doomed. I'm totally doomed. But, well, you know... Yeah. Go, sorry, go on. No, that's right. We, we spoke about some of the strategies to reduce stress just earlier on um, in the previous call. Um, and, and we spoke actually about... Um, 
you're going for a walk and we said that just 30 minutes a day of exercise decreases the effect of stress on your body by 50%. So, you know, it is a big deal to just go for a little walk. Now, there's other things... Get a breath of fresh air as the time... Uh, the the traditional um, one liner goes. That's true. Get a breath of fresh air. I mean, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Huge, huge. And the other one, the other thing is actually getting some sunlight. So, getting out there and getting some sunlight, manufacturing some vitamin D, that'll increase your serotonin and your melatonin, so you get happier as well as you sleep better. You know, when you've had a big summer day and you've hung outside, you've been digging and making sandcastles on the beach, and you get home and all you did was or dig vacuuming sandcastles. in the backyard. Or vacuuming the backyard, as I know some people do. Um, <laughs> I have a friend, in fact, who vacuums the backyard. Uh, <laughs> and so, oh. I, uh, yeah, that's right. So, But what's interesting, you can have the most relaxing day um, in fresh air, uh, in, in direct exposure with sunlight, and feel exhausted at the end of the day, sleep the best you've ever slept, and then wake up feeling happier than Larry the next day. You know what I mean? So hold on. Can you go back and give the, and give the, the hormonal um, breakdown there? Because yeah. you're spot on. Just, can you just hormonalize this? Yeah, let's hormone it. So what actually happens is you go out into the sun, um, the contact with the skin and the sun rays, so the UV rays, UVB, uh, stimulate the secretion and the manufacture of melatonin, um, which is awesome. Obviously also melanin, that's the reason why you're brown, but uh, we brown up. Um, some people do, some people just join dots. You know, <laughs> My wife joined dots, she's got freckles that join up and that makes her look like she's got a tan, but she doesn't. Um, but uh, so you get melatonin secretion via the pineal gland that gets uh, stimulated um, by sunlight. Uh, and when you when you when you send out melatonin to your system, you sleep really well. Which in a, in itself, the increase in vitamin D will not only um, increase your melatonin ability to sleep, but you'll actually just increase the amount of serotonin you can produce because of the vitamin D. But when you sleep, you have melatonin floating through your body. Melatonin and sleep actually increase serotonin too. So you get a double whammy of happiness by being mm. in the sunlight. So you get sleep. Yeah, that's a double shot, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that great? That's beautiful. Um, just one tip that I listened to Philip Day on a recent podcast um, suggesting not to actually... Um, this might sound socially, um, I'm not sure what the word is, unacceptable, but not to actually wash like with any um, shower gels or soaps uh, because the oils um, that are created when this whole melatonin process is happening, um, when, that, when you said direct sunlight, um, you know, uh, communicates, uh, what, what did you say, attaches to the skin, um, to actually not wash, um, like, you know, scrub the body with any soaps or anything because that could contribute to a malabsorption of the vitamin D that you because it takes a, a long period of time for it all to be absorbed within the body. So to not scrub and wash the skin um, uh, if you've been out in the sun all day. Actually, just rinse in water. Huh. Uh, Does it sound fascinating? Yeah, that's fascinating. I don't know. I mean, given that the mal- this melatonin, um, melatonin conversion... Um, and vitamin D conversion actually takes place by the liver. Um, I don't know whether or not washing your skin's got much to do with it. It's uh, it's not going to take place on the surface of the skin. It's possibly going to take place in the subdermal layers, which wouldn't be affected by washing your skin. But most of it takes place via the liver. The liver's directly involved in the manufacture of uh, of these hormones. So I don't I don't know if that's got much to do with it, big guy. But you know that's interesting. I'm going to smell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you go stinky. You go stinky. I'm all stinky. All right, so Damo, we've gone through, um, we were talking about identifying 
how to find out if you are in a position of stress. So we've spoken about these levels, stress, anxiety, insomnia, depression, but there are different things that you can even just check in with yourself. If you're listening right now and going, well, hold on a minute, like, am I stressed? What, you know, how do I kind of tell? Um, do you want to go through the different you know, things that we can measure or think about to, to get an idea of, of, of whether we are in a, in a stressful situation, even though you could just think about it, but there are different areas of our life that can help us measure. Do you want to go through them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the easiest ways to measure whether or not you're in stress is just to check your bowel function. Now, coming back to poo, obviously, I love to Love about a bit poo. of poo. It's a good thing to talk about because it's a great indicator of the internal health of your gut. Now, keep in mind that the surface area of your skin the skin inside your gut which is your intestines is that the same size of a half a tennis court so it's enormous the amount of you know surface area there actually is and so the environmental influence on your body is enormous and 80% of your total um, toxin load on your body comes via your gastrointestinal system every single day so you know that, that's a, it's a good way to measure how your body's dealing with uh, toxin and stress by considering the health of your poo and so again, coming back to the poo chart, understanding that the fecal fact finder is. I was going to say, isn't that the forage fecal fact chart or the fecal fact finder, Damo? The fecal fact finder. That's what we're after. Uh, you can use that to determine or understand more about what's actually going on with your bowels. And so, if you're if you're pushing out a number one, which is a dehydrated stool, um, your body's in stress from dehydration, right? So you you're not hydrating well enough or you're being a little bit retentive and so that could be a food allergy associated with something you know something like lactose for example can cause extreme constipation um if you're going the other end if you're going to the other extreme like the gravy gravy extreme which is a number seven uh, if you're doing <laughs> if you're going there then your your gravy extreme is an indicator of you know significant malabsorption um and most probably also secretion of mucus and the secretion of mucus signals a really unhealthful gut definitely a lack of bacteria in the garden, definitely um, some, some potentially very serious um, health issues with the gastrointestinal system. That is a great indicator of how much stress is actually happening inside your body. So if you're doing poos and they're not formed um, and they're certainly not floating, then your body's in probably you know poor shape, poor form. So you've got to be so careful. Everyone, I'm just looking at this fecal fact finder. If you're listening and you're in front of your smartphone or your iPad or your MacBook Pro or whatever you're in front of, <laughs> Google forage fecal fact finder. Don't get and, fooled um, by don't get fooled by the Damien Christoph don't search Damien Christoph poo chart because it takes you to a false website, to a website that's that's uh, not my website and they've plagiarized the... plagiarized my information on that part. So don't go to the don't click on the link that says uh, Damien Christoph poo chart. Go to Damien Christoph Fecal Fact Finder and uh, you'll, you'll find it. Just yes, and then you really want to be a two point four, don't you, Damo? You want a two point four. You want everyone out there. We want you want to be able to say to the world, "I am a two point four. Now, the amount of poo that should come out should be the length of your forearm. That's about right. So it should be. Holy about, moly! That it should be a good length, right? It should be not a good the length. width of your forearm, just the length. Of not, not the breadth. No, we're not talking the girth. <laughs> you don't want to have a girth of poo the size of your forearm. Imagine if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're punching oh, out that. That'd be man, stressful. Man. That'd be stressful. That's but stress. it funny. should be the length, about the length of your forearm. That's what you're trying to clear out, and that should be happening, you know, at least once a day, but preferably twice a day. Okay, I have to ask you a question then. Okay. What about children? Because on my kids, particularly my almost four-year-old, her her fecal facts 
uh, definitely longer than the length of her forearm. Like she's doing big poos. <laughs> good on her. Good on her. And look how flat her tummy is, right? So it's uh, it's a good thing. The the more poo that you punch out, the better it is because essentially all you need is the nutrients from your food. You don't need the bulk from your food. So once you've got the nutrients from your food, you're done with it. Just get it yeah. out. Better all of this, though, mate. We need to do a 100 Not Out episode on fecal facts. <laughs> we could do that. Absolutely, we could do that. And its impact on the aging process. All right, so we've spoken about bowels. Um, let's talk about an obvious one. And we've spoken a lot about sleep, so we probably don't need to speak about sleep because we've already discussed if your sleep's not great, chances are on that stress, anxiety, insomnia, depression uh, ladder, you're, you're well and truly on it. Yes. Um, all right, moods. Um, talk to us about moods because, again, we've touched on it, but there's people out there that are pretending they are to be happy and, and satisfied, but internally there's a whole hormonal cascade going on, yeah. not allowing them to actually be that. So you want to touch on that? Yeah, look, the pretense to be happy is really sad. You know, The fact that everyone thinks that we need to be happy all the time is, is kind of sad because you know you will go through ebbs and flows in life. I think the key thing is to be uh, calm. You know, so you can be sad um, yeah. and you can be happy, but it's good to be calm about it um, to the extent that you balance out that emotion as opposed to being so affected by the extreme of it. So finding balance in the good and the bad in, in you know whatever emotion it is uh, is probably a good thing. And but, maybe that's where a breath of fresh air can help as well, Damo, to clarity. calm or balance out any of those. Uh, extreme moods. That's right, because the extreme moods are the things that actually create the allostatic response. So the extreme attention to um, an environmental stressor, particularly if you're dealing with it poorly, um, you know, builds upon that allostatic response that we spoke about in the first uh, of this series of stress, where where we said that stress in the body doesn't return to zero; it it mounts up, so it continues to grow and, and increase. So, you know, looking at your bowels, if your bowels are sticky. Oh, I'm going to go back to the bowels and back to the poo just for a second. You can't stop it. If, you, if your bowels are sticky and you need a lot of paper to wipe things up, then you're actually looking at quite a stressed colon, and you, you, you need to understand that um, the effect of that on the body is significant. So you you want to make sure that you don't have to use lots of paper. You don't want to have to be you know using the brush to scrub the toilet bowl after you've been because <laughs> that indicates that your body's stressed and and. Really, it should just be a nice, easy to slide out, Teflon-coated, ghost-like poo where it disappears up the other side of the S-band because it had a, you know, good weight to it, and off it took. You know, that's kind of what you're after, not something that's kind of whimsical um, yeah. and, uh, and 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 not formed. This is great. I'm still looking at this fecal fact finder demo. This is great. So <laughs> as it, as it starts off, it's too hard, and then as it, it trails off, it's too soft. Yeah, that's it. That's there's a fascinating. Fascinating journey of fecal facts. Okay, so we've gone. We've so we, gone you, into. You, yeah, go you, on. You did mention moods. Should, should I talk about moods? I mean, obviously, not moving your bowels probably can cause grumpiness, right? Because you get a grumpy bowel, a grumpy colon. But, oh, look, uh, I, I look at my daughter, Damo. I don't mean to harp on the male front here, but if she is not going to the toilet, if she is in two point one or two point two, yes. constipated or her poos are overstaying their welcome. Yes, her emotions. She is uh, just hypersensitive cranky not happy chappy and uh we're sarah and i just like the sooner that girl poos the better the world's gonna be <laughs> that's exactly right there's a that... lot of people out there demo that know that as soon as they get their poo out the better they're gonna be yeah yeah that's it so um 
you know, it is important not to become only retentive because it does actually affect your health and well-being. So <laughs> this is, you know, that brings a whole new meaning to it. But the grumpiness that people experience in the afternoon, that 3.34 o'clock grumpiness, which is that cortisol dump that a lot of people get because they start the day stressed, that's a really good indicator. If you get grumpy at 3.34 o'clock, you're a bit snappy, a bit, you know, a bit stressed out. You know, if, if, if that's going on for you, then you are in stress and, you know, pushing towards that anxiety state because you're not coping with stress, you're not dealing with stress well. Stress shouldn't be something that uh, creates anxiety, and that um, could be caused by that could be caused that that could be caused by poor diet alone, though, couldn't it? Straight straight up, straight up, poor diet alone, um, dehydration, not drinking enough water can actually cause that. Um, the lack of exercise, lack of sunlight, all those sorts of things for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Now there's two others that I want to touch on here. Um, I want to go to the non not so obvious one uh, here, and that is cravings. Yeah, cravings. Talk about the the relationship between cravings and stress. What's interesting about cravings is that we crave the things that are rich in fat and sugar when we're stressed out. So if we, you know, take time to, you know, just to collect our thoughts around cravings for a moment and think about the foods that you're craving at 3.34 o'clock in the afternoon, are they foods that are rich in fat and sugar? We call them... Um, um, fa- what are they called? Fatty carbs. Fatty carbs or... or sweet fats you know we're kind of trying to work out we're trying to describe that it's a fat rich carbohydrate like chocolate or a croissant or a you know a a muffin or something something like that you know if they're the sorts of things that you're craving in the middle of the afternoon uh it's highly likely that you're stressed now the body requires fat and carbohydrate to manufacture hormones to um, support the stress response so when you are stressed you're going to crave fat and carbohydrate because that's what your body requires to manufacture it so i i think that uh if you're craving those things you could actually crave or decide to eat a better version of those fats and carbohydrates like nuts and fruit um, and you'd probably have then a better or a more significant appropriate response to the body or a response to stress than the negative response to stress that you might get from a processed fatty carbohydrate Okay, look, and then maybe this is slightly um, related. Tell me if it's not, but the it, this would be more of an addiction, I think. But the 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 normal consumer of of alcohol that has uh, one or two, or I want to say, common consumer of alcohol that has one or two glasses of wine or one or two beers, but let's say one or two glasses of wine because yep. this is often comes up, and they have great challenge in even thinking about not having one or two glasses of wine with dinner or yeah. at night time. Now, yeah. I don't know if you call it a craving or if you call it an nah, addiction. Nah, that's an addiction, but, that one. That's definitely an addiction. But talk, but that, for, for me, because I had a similar addiction, let's call it, to to three cigarettes a day when I was in my younger days, yeah. and people often say the same thing, but it's only one or two glasses, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, for me, if it's poor quality, one, if it's poor quality, well, it is that bad. But two, um, if you're addicted to it and you actually don't feel empowered enough to not have it, no matter whether it's one sip or one glass, it's not empowering. But how, what impact does that have hormonally um, on the body? Yeah, look, it, the the addictive, the whole addiction thing is such. It's a, it really is another whole conversation, um, but. You know, because addiction in itself. I ask you is, the big questions at the end, don't yeah. I? Yeah, <laughs> addiction is really a stress on the body. It, it's such a significant stress on the body because there's a total chemical dependence on it. So, um, physiological and emotional dependence on it. So we're talking there two different types of stress. Um, 
there, and there are a lot of hormones that are associated with it, uh, and I'm probably not this, the, the best guy to speak to about that. However, let's But just... there's got to be cortisol involved because if that person that would normally have one or two glasses of wine doesn't, then there's going to be a cortisol dump. Yeah. They're going to get fidgety, agitated. agitated. Then they're probably not going to sleep because they're missing out on their this wine. Yes. Then there's a lack of melatonin. They're yeah. not going to sleep well. Wake up in the morning, low serotonin, not happy. Yeah, need no and drink. Then <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just like that old um, cigarettes um, ad. Just give me my smokes, okay? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, There's definitely that, and you know, if if we simplify it and keep the stress response, and that's really what we've done, because there's a lot more chemicals involved than just the four that we've spoken about. If we simplify the whole stress response and go adrenaline, cortisol, serotonin, melatonin, if we just bundle that into those four hormones, uh, then it's just really simple for people to understand. That's what people need. People need to just understand the the, the, sim, the simple foundations. I don't think we need the the multitude of yeah. Millions of you know all the different processes in the body, but Damo, that's extraordinary, pal. I really, really, really hope that the listeners have enjoyed this three-part series on stress as much as I have enjoyed listening to your wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. It's been so much fun listening Pleasure. to you. Really Pleasure. appreciate it. I love it. Thank you. Man. And and I would like to think that this is just a great gift that you have given to yourself, listeners. If you are listening to this in the silly season in December. I would really like to think, we would really like to think that you do feel that the next month of your life doesn't have to be filled with stress because ideally you will have learnt in these uh, these series of podcasts that simple things like going for a good walk, simple things like eradicating um, uh, some poor dietary choices, simple things like getting a good night's sleep and the massive impact that's going to have on the health of your hormones and your overall body and that impact is going to have on your overall life and your just ability to make clear decisions. I really would like to think that that would be a great gift that um, you can give to yourself on behalf of the 100 Not Out team. So, Damo, many thanks again for your wisdom, great man. Thank you, MP. And uh, that's all we've got time for on this edition of 100 Not Out. Remember, we are officially on Facebook, so go to facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out. It's all words, no numbers in there. Um, also, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, we'd love to have you as, as a subscriber. Um, go to iTunes and also check out the entire Wellness Couch range of podcasts at www.thewellnesscouch.com, including our latest podcast, The Career uh, Careers Unplugged with Stu Hayes and Rich Sayer. I love so, that one. Love they're it. great, aren't they? Love they're it, great. Yeah. So until next week, guys, remember, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Hi, this is Dr. Brett Hill from The Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show. How would a pair of Vivo Barefoot Ultras feel on your feet this summer? These guys are awesome and our good friends at Vivo are giving away one pair of their newest range to one lucky Wellness Couch member. Vivo Barefoot Shoes feature a puncture-resistant, flexible, non-pitched sole and a wide toe box which allows the foot to move as nature intended, as close to being barefoot as possible. All you have to do to be in the running is become a Wellness Couch member by midnight Sunday, December 22nd, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Membership is free and comes with a range of benefits. To become an official member of the couch go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and enter your name and email address merry christmas from all of us here at the wellness couch and may it be filled with great health and good times with those you love this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com 
Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.